eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. We are getting back to your mailbag questions. Eric says, if we lose Lou, who should be our new DC? Ooh, I haven't, um, I've I've thought very little about this, uh, but Evero from the Broncos is still out there. Vic Fangio just signed with the Dolphins. I think you, I don't think they have a guy in-house. Marion Hobbies is the only one I can think of, but usually you don't, Defensive line coaches and offensive line coaches are kind of similar in that they usually stay in that role, which kind of sucks because they probably want to move up, but it's such a passing league that the coverage guys and the passing guys are the guys that move up. So your quarterback coaches, your wide receiver coaches who got the interviews for offensive coordinator jobs. It was Troy Walters and um, Dan Pitcher, quarterback coach, wide receiver coach. And then you look at the defensive side, the linebacker coach just left to Notre Dame and he was the one you'd look at. They have two secondary coaches because one works with the cornerbacks, one works with the safeties, but that's lose baby. That's are they, who do you pick first? And then second, how do you know that it's not just what Luana Rumo does with that secondary group? So then you look defensive line coach, the one with the experience and everything, and maybe you could promote him, but I think you look outside the organization for this one. I think they are a unit that can change scheme a little bit if they need to. Uh, I think a good defensive coordinator adapts to them. But, yeah, I mean, like the best guys on the market are Evero from the Broncos last year, Brian Flores, who was the linebacker coach, I believe, for the Steelers. He was an assistant coach for the Steelers last year, but obviously the head coach of the Dolphins before that. Um, I think there's other options. Chris Richard, I think. Maybe he just got promoted, though, in New Orleans. Um, I haven't looked too hard into this. Uh, did did the one um, – Oh, shoot. He played uh, Gerard Mayo. I don't remember if he's still with the Patriots or not. He's with the Patriots. I want to say he either got a promotion or he's, yeah, he's still with the Patriots. Okay. Well, if he wants to be a play calling defensive coordinator, ask him. (laughs) So, I mean, there's, there's guys out there. And then you think about like, what's a, what's a great unit. Um, 
and maybe they wouldn't do this, but you know, for uh, yeah, I'm trying to think like who's got the best secondary in the league, but if you think of whoever it is, look at their defensive backs coach and maybe you could talk to them. I think you would cast a pretty wide net outside the organization to replace Lou and Romero if he does leave. I'll say this every day that passes by is good for the Cincinnati Bengals because you're hearing some of these Eagle assistants uh, possibly getting some interviews. So I think if we get to late next week, that there is a huge chance that Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo do return, or at least one of the coordinators are back in Cincinnati. And I'd be totally fine with that. But again, a reminder, if you're wanting good team or uh, teams want your, your coordinators, and that's a good thing. We are going to move on to Turkish Bengal. He says the Bengals have done a great job of finding cheap players on the rise in free agency. If I could talk, that'd be great. Among the upcoming free agents across the NFL, are there any free agents that you would like that can kind of fit the mold? Uh, um, David Onyemata, I'm not sure how much he's going to cost. He's a defensive tackle um, projected from PFF to be about seven and a half million a year. I think he could be better than that. He was in a rotation in New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, a little bit of a D-line factory because also uh, I was, I, I, there's a few younger guys. What I actually like is PFF had Melvin Ingram at $4 million a year for one year. And I was like, that guy could still play. Like That, that is somebody that doesn't fit because he's over 30. Um, but that guy could still play. I'd be interested in that. Marcus Davenport's another younger one that I think he had like no production this year, but he had eight and a half sacks a year before another New Orleans guy. Uh, so I'd look at that. Those Ingram and Davenport are edge guys. Onyemata's an inside guy. So those are three guys I would look at. Although if it was me, man, I just imagine this defense, if you throw in a Javon Hargrave. Yes. Yeah, because what what were they lacking the most on the defensive side in that in the AFC championship game? It was pressure to me. It was Osai was probably your most consistent guy to get pressure. They really focused on Trey Hendrickson. Your second most consistent pressure guy was probably the nose tackle. That's not ideal. So if you could get a guy like Javon Hargrave that can really push the pocket in the interior, I think he had over 10 sacks this season. Fletcher Cox also may be available he's even older though um but another guy that you could look at both on the eagles this season i'd look at them I, i'd look at those two i think they're they're both over 30 fletcher cox way over 30 so there's a little bit of risk there but i just think like this is the this this year next year are my years to push all the chips in yes. and try to the window's wide open but maybe you could just open even even more with one of these moves. So this is to me the year that you can kind of mess with the cap, push things. You're not worried too much about the extension cap hits until two years down the line. You play some cap magic and you work in a Javon Hargrave. I don't expect them to do it, but I'd seriously consider it. And I'd talk to him. I'd, I'd, I'd look hard. This you're right. This it's like a small window that can be expanded after the Joe Burrow contract, because they still feel like they keep a lot of talented guys on this offense. We talked about it before, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you can still find a way to keep those guys. But if you look around the AFC North and you see the Browns, you see the Steelers, and they can put pressure on them. They give Joe Burrow trouble every time he faces them, and the Bengals are missing that 
on the other side of the ball. And I think any help you can get to Trey and, and maybe Joseph Asai, you know, we see more out of him and is he, and I always call it year number two because he did battle the injury in his rookie year. And this year was his first full season, but we saw some splashes from him. So I think, you know, just adding to that line is going to be extremely helpful for this team. Um, River city stripe says, what does the perfect off season look like for you in free agency? Ooh, free agency. I guess I just talked about it. Getting a, a splashy Javon Hargrave. I, I think that is, to me, the ideal free agency. I Then maybe you can bring back – I think you want to bring back um, – I mean, I guess perfect. You get Pratt back for cheap, although I'd feel bad for Pratt because I don't think he wants to come back for cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring back Von Bell cheaper. You get Hayden Hursa another year or two. I'd like to see them run those guys back, although it's not – that's to be a perfect free agency. And then – I guess a perfect free agency for me would also include the thing I don't expect them to do and just get an experienced swing tackle that can play that can back up both spots because that's what I think of when I think of the things that plague this. I want to make sure the holes are plugged, linebacker and safety and tight end. And then I want to raise the ceiling as well with uh, a swing tackle. And well, I guess it raises the floor, I guess, more than the ceiling, but you can withstand injuries better with a, a good swing tackle. And then you raise the ceiling with a Javon Hargrave type signing on the defensive side. The floor is the ceiling. The, <laughs> uh, the window is always open because of Burrow. Like the, there's a, there's a, a yardstick. Hold This is a big window. <laughs> a yardstick holding up the window. Uh, but, you know, you could just keep forcing it up higher and higher uh, the next couple of years because this will be the biggest window you can have because you're not paying anybody really. Yeah, I agree with you. Zach says, based on your own draft evaluations in the past, what players were the biggest hits and which ones were the big biggest misses? Oh, man. My draft crushes have been awesome lately. I've only done this seriously for two years before that. I'd have takes. The funniest one I had was being 15 years old in 2011. And I remember, I'm sorry, Lindsay. (laughs) Uh, I remember being furious because they drafted Dalton over Ryan Mallett because Ryan Mallett could throw the football like 70 yards. (laughs) They got AJ Green in that draft. Oh, I was so happy about AJ Green. I was, I was very, I was going to be upset if they took Julio Jones. That's what's funny. I was like, don't take Julio over AJ. AJ's better. That's pretty funny though. Yeah. uh, The Ryan Mallett one is hilarious to me as uh, I didn't even, I didn't know anything. I was just like, that guy could throw the football like 80 yards. I did the sports science segment on how Andy Dalton has a high pitched voice or something. (laughs) get drafted anyway that was a stupid one for what i missed i mean i've missed other than that i thought wyatt davis would be a a good guard and he got cut year two so that was a pretty big whiff there um trying to think what else was a big bigger whiff from me uh i mean i gave um uh, rashawn slater a mid first instead of a high first i had him a full tier below penne sewell I guess that's still to be determined, but he was an all-pro his rookie year, so I felt kind of dumb. Uh, for hits, my draft crushes the past couple of years. Uh, Greg Dulcich, who had an awesome rookie year for the Broncos, uh, really wanted the Bengals to get him. Landon Dickerson, who is an awesome left guard, voted top five left guard by the players. Uh, he's great, hasn't been injured. I wasn't super worried about the injuries because they seemed like freak things. Um, so I think who else? I mean, like I like guys like Sewell and Chase I love them I thought they were both elite talents that's uh but those are easy ones so I'm trying to think of harder ones I usually don't really go below 
the second round. There's just so many guys to watch. Third round, somewhere around there. I like Jamory Sawyer. He was he ended up being like a sixth round pick, and he started for the Chargers and had good PFF scores. I haven't really watched him, but that was interesting. That I thought he was supposed. To, I, th- I thought he was like Quentin Spain. That's so why I was like, I think he's a solid offensive lineman. He's not going to be anything like a Pro Bowl level, but and that looks like what he might have been. So those were those were some hits and uh, some misses. Wyatt Davis and Rashawn Slater haunt me. Actually, Slater actually taught me. I think in my mind maybe value the floor of an offensive lineman coming in more than I did because it was obvious he had a decent floor. Um, I was just like, well, what's the ceiling? Because he's got shorter arms and he doesn't, you know, he's not super strong. And you look at Penny Sewell and the way he moves. So they were just different, but uh, yeah, you learn. I think that's the whole thing is like, it doesn't matter if you whiff on these things. Everybody whiffs. If I didn't whiff, I'd be, Oh, my biggest hit. I forgot to mention Ryan Stonehouse, the punter. I barely watched. I was like, look at the hair. He can hit the, the ball about 80 yards. <laughs> that's the thing like about okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But that's the thing about the draft. That's why I can credit this front office over the last few years. And you can go to 2020, 2021, 2022. You do not know what you are getting. Yes, someone can be good in college, but you have no clue what it's going to look like in the NFL. And I think if you can get two to three to maybe four at times, I mean, the 2020 draft just felt like a hit. Um, You're doing pretty good as a front office because you just do not know what these guys are going to be in the NFL. I feel like we had a good feeling about Joe Burrow and T Higgins. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Hey, don't forget how many people wanted Denzel Mims over T Higgins. They freaked out about that. You can find it. The the Mims versus T Higgins. It's out there. Oh my God. The guy ran three routes at Baylor. Come on. (laughs) I remember the fans. I think a lot of people were like, why would they draft a wide receiver? You got to draft an offensive lineman. Oh yeah. I remember that too. Josh Jones was the popular offensive lineman pick. I mean, Jones and Mims. But credit to the front office. Credit the front office. They made the right call. I love T. So I was all Oh yeah. T, I want him to be here to stay. Number five next year. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Spearman. One three one says, "How do I make the pain stop?" Um, time. Are you over the Super Bowl? Like that would be my question to him. If not, it probably won't stop for a while. <laughs> but if you are like me, I don't know. I it stinks. Like it sucks. But I think when I look in perspective of the whole season, it was still to me a successful season making the AFC Championship game. I think this this the goal of the season was to prove you were a true contender, and they did. And they were a better team this year than they were last year, despite not making the Super Bowl this year. There were one one game difference there, and it just turned out they couldn't withstand the injuries this season. You're probably going to be an even better team next year. That's the fun part of this. So you look forward to next year. I think of the draft and free agency as less plugging holes this year and more so adding reinforcements and weaponry um, because there's not many holes. Like Jesse Bates is leaving, but they have a guy there. Um, and even with Pratt leaving, they have a they have guys there they feel good about. You could get better, but they have guys they feel pretty good about. Hurst leaving, I think, does create a hole because rookie tight ends usually aren't um, 
Greg Dulcich. And I like that I say likely too. Ah, man, I hit the tight ends last year. Hopefully I can hit them again this year because maybe they'll actually draft one. <laughs> I know that I have moments where I, I think back on the Super Bowl like probably once a week. Um, I think back on – I'll think back on this AFC Championship game pr- probably once a day right now because it's very fresh. <laughs> um, and just you wonder, like, you have so many what-ifs. What if they would have done this? What if Hayden Hurst would have caught that touchdown? What if Mike Hilton would have caught the interception? I mean, there was just so many what-ifs in that game uh, for this team. What if you had one of your offensive line – an extra offensive lineman healthy? Uh, but I agree with you. It's the outlook of it. You have Joe Burrow here. If someone would have told me – even the night they drafted him, because I remember what the city was like, that they were going to be able to go in his first two full seasons to the Super Bowl and to the AFC Championship game and lose by a field goal. I mean, we'd know that heartbreak. But at the same time, it's optimism because they're in contract talks right now with this quarterback. They're they're thinking long term and you have the pieces around you. It's just I think these are exciting times if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan and yeah you can be bummed about how that game went but I can't wait until July August and September when they get back to camp because they're going to be ready and the biggest thing I think going into next year to keep that excitement you got to play for more home playoff games and you know I know the number two seed kind of was a little not ideal situation but man you got to get that one seed that is the that is the game changer play at home get the bye this team had a tough that's a that's a neutral field game. If uh, if they could kick the extra point, week one. That's um. Ooh. Oh, I guess that's not helping somebody get over this. <laughs> but yeah, it goes to your point. Yeah. It, goes, it, it goes to your point. You really need to win these games that are very winnable. Don't throw four mm-hmm. interceptions to an inferior team. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> because they should have won. They should have won against Mitch Trubisky. It was a very good defense. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to take anything away from that. But you're a very good offense. Why are you starting so slow? Why are you losing to Cooper Rush and Dallas Cowboys? Same situation there. It wasn't a great offense. They didn't score that much. But they got just hammered by the defense. So start faster and don't lose those games you could lose games everybody loses games but lose lose the hard games win the easy ones win some hard games uh they won all the hard games they lost too many easy ones four games due to walk off field goals four one bad loss four games to walk off field goals that's going to be the the hardest thing to look back on and it's crazy to think that they had four regular season losses because those hurt double uh, because you knew what this team was and, and what they were capable of doing. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It was a successful season. And when you get down uh, between now and free agency and draft, because I think that helps fans move on when there's news that's actually happening for their team when it comes to the addition of players, contract talks, um, more of, of the games are right around the corner. So I think optimism should be that you got Joe Burrow's quarterback and a lot of teams around the league uh, would love to have Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you could say Justin Herbert, uh, Josh Allen, all of them in Cincinnati. Yep. You know the 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 best thing to think about to help that helps me. I remember where I was early 2016 that playoff game and wondering if I'd ever see this team win a playoff game. That's a very good point. Because it was like- 30 years, and I was just wondering, like, am I gonna be like 55 years old with a story out about me? Like this man has watched every Bengals playoff game <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I hope they finally win. <laughs> I think I I think I undershot 95 years old waiting for my first playoff win and then 
Right. So they won those playoffs. They've won five playoff games. They've won as many playoff games in the past two years than they have in their entire franchise history. They're in a good spot. They're in a very good spot. And as long as you have Joe Burrow, that window is open. It's a yardstick open, as I call it. It's a five yard window, maybe. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Victorian house. I 100% agree. Uh, good times to be a Bengals fan and really excited about the future. Again, thank you so much for sending your questions. You guys sent tons and tons and tons, a lot of offensive linemen questions. We will be hammering that during the offseason. Mike is going to do his homework. He's going to watch two players a week. We'll have more of that on social media where you can have an input on who you want him to talk about. Look, it can be a college guy and maybe even a free agent player um, who you want to join this team. And we're going to make him break it all down every week. I'm giving him homework every Tuesday when we record and we'll have our mailbags um, all off-season long on Thursday. Make sure you're following Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.